Good morning, good morning, good morning. The sun is shining, the birds are chirping, and you are breathing. Today is Sunday, August the 28th, 2022. My name is Stephen Carnegie, and welcome to This Is Just a Thought. Today's word of the day, lodestar, which means one that serves as an inspiration, model, or guide. Lodestar. Hope everyone is enjoying their Sunday or will enjoy their Sunday or hope you're enjoying your weekend. Uh, I'm off, surprisingly, but I'll take it. I'll take it. Start back tomorrow, uh, tomorrow Monday, begin another work week. Monday blues. Rapidly approaching. Uh, the heat is back, <laughs> along with that humidity. Uh, this is North Carolina, and this is the summer. We enjoyed that uh, little break we had the past week or so with temperatures in the 80s with some showers. But in comparison to certain parts of this country, man, looks like uh, the Pearl River is expected to crest on Tuesday in Jackson, Mississippi. So much so, they are telling residents to be prepared or to evacuate within 48 hours. Man, um, certain parts of this country this summer, man, West Virginia, uh, Kentucky, now Mississippi, uh, had the floodwaters, the, the, the rain, and, and man, it, it's been a rough summer to say the least. But yeah, hey, look, like I said, in comparison, we have it pretty, pretty good, pretty mild. Man, don't want to see that. Certainly praying for those folks out there in that part of the country and, and other parts of the country that have experienced these uh, terrible floods because, you know, as we all know, in West Virginia and Kentucky, they got it early on and, and they, they are still cleaning up and it may be a while before they get things back to normal. Man, certainly hate to hear that. Uh, moving along here, man, Serena Williams this is her final U.S. Open. She's retiring, and it's coming up fast. Monday night, to be specific, after decades of dominance, her uh, her reign will come to an end. It just will. It just will. I can remember when her and her sister first started. Now, I'm not a, ta- a tennis fan. I- I'm just not. I'm not even going to sit here and act like I know everything there is to know about tennis. It never really moved me. <laughs> it just didn't. But I can remember when they first came and I can remember hearing folks saying, man, you got to see these little girls, these kids out of Compton, California, playing tennis. They are it. And I remember thinking to myself, Compton? Tennis? No way. But man, when I saw them, I I, <laughs> I certainly realized and had to acknowledge, man, they got something. And she had something, man. So I certainly hate to hear that uh well, you know, she's gotten older. She is a mother now. You know, all good things have to come to an end. And she is, and she was, or quite possibly, uh, one of the greats. One of the greats. I always used to love when I did watch, I would always love to watch her play. You would think it was more grit, but there was a whole lot of grace in that too. And and she certainly uh, perfected her craft. Let's just say that. Certainly hate to hear her go. All right, uh, man, it looks like it's uh, the end of the preseason for uh, football. Regular season, I believe it starts next week. And in and, and those games yesterday, there were some uh, pretty good games. I got to watch a couple of them at least. 
saw the Rams and the Bengals. The Bengals won 16 to 7. Then there was the Eagles and the Dolphins. The Dolphins won 48 to 10. The Ravens and the Commanders. Now, the Commanders are, of course, the formerly uh, Washington Redskins. Ravens defeated them 17 to 15. I still can't get used to that Washington Commanders. I just can't. I just can't. I'm sorry. And uh looks like the Broncos and Vikings. The Broncos won 23-13. Man, uh, hey, 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 hey. Those Chicago Bears, they defeated the Cleveland Browns 21-20. They're looking pretty good. I know it's preseason, but they haven't looked this good in a while. <laughs> they just haven't. They, they're looking pretty good. Just Justin Fields looks like he's uh learning the, the game a little bit. I'm not saying they're going to the Super Bowl, but they could have a pretty good season. They just could. Just just could. So we'll see what happens. We will see what happens. I won't get my hopes up. I am a diehard Bears fan, but as we all know, those Bears, <laughs> oh, man, they'll give you a cardiac watching them sometime. Man. So we'll see what happens with them. Uh, in college football, um, University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill played Florida A&M. UNC defeated them 56-24. Now, it came out sometime last week, right before this game was to happen, that Florida A&M was quite possibly going to say, you know, they were saying, hey, we can't suit up enough players because we have several of our stars on academic probation or they're academically ineligible to play. So they weren't going to play, but finally they did decide to play. They started out with, uh, well, they came to the field with a smaller uh, lineup uh, didn't look so good, but they did put people on the field and they played. They just did. They just did. Um, hope they can get that program back together. Man, certainly hate to hear that. But when you have those players on there that are academically ineligible, you have to take a look and, and step back and say, well, well, what in the world is going on? Why are you guys <laughs> academically ineligible? Just do. Just do. Uh, that happens a lot. Not too much, but it does happen quite often in uh, college athletics. Uh, coaches, coaching staff aren't paying attention to what their players are doing in the classroom. Uh, just like I've said before, a podcast or two when I talked about uh, how they, they call these these athletes student athletes. I just don't think they're student athletes. I just think they're athletes. Uh, colleges and universities throughout this nation, they generate so much income off of these young men and women. Uh, they aren't student athletes. They're just athletes. I'm sorry. They just are. Just are. Uh, I hope they can turn that program around. I, I really do. I really do. Uh, man, uh, moving on here also, uh, President Trump, we all know what's going on with him. He's on the defense after a raid at his Mar-a-Lago, Florida home. I believe I said Mar-a-Lago, Mar Texas in that last podcast. I apologize for that. Uh, we all know several classified documents were seized after a warrant was served. And, and one thing that came out, and, you know, everybody's saying, oh, Lord, with all those classified documents and top secret and that one with a, a need-to-know classification, he could face a, um, espionage. But officials that came back and said, well, you know, the espionage charge, yeah, it does carry a little bit of weight. But more importantly, they're looking at if, if they do decide to charge him with something, it's going to be obstruction charges. And that may carry a little bit more weight than an espionage. Obstruction is, of course, uh, FBI came out and said, hey, we've been trying for a 
uh, a year or so, better part of a year, to get these documents from the former president. And that's where that obstruction charge came in because he wouldn't turn them over. He was turning stuff over bit by bit. Uh, President Trump has, of course, fired back and said this is all because of, A, the midterms are coming up and his quite possible uh, presidential run in 2024. Hmm. Could be. Could be. Uh, it, it's not a, it, a, a well-kept secret that a lot of folks don't want him back in that White House. It just is. It just is. So we'll see what happens. We will see what happens with this, man. Uh, <laughs> President Trump also came back out and said, hey, listen, these uh, documents that I, ha I had were declassified. I declassified them myself. I met with some people and we de declassified. Uh, wow, Mr. President, I don't think you can just declassify things on your own. And who were these people you met with? Were they part of the Department of Justice or were they just a part of your camp? Uh, yeah, uh, you, you can't declassify documents on your own. You just can't. There's no way you can do that. Man, he certainly had a lot of documents spread out throughout that home in Mar-a-Lago. So much so they said they had that he had some in a shed that was mixed in with magazines and uh, newspaper clippings, whatever, what have you. Man, uh, Mr. President. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> what in the world were you thinking if that is true? Hey, uh, like I said before, he does what he wants to do, when he wants to, how he wants to. Uh, make no bones about it. But uh, looks like they <laughs> you may be in a little trouble here, Mr. President. You just may be. Man, I can't believe he actually took those documents like that that were classified. He says it happens, and it happens all the time for former presidents. We'll see. We'll see. I, 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 like I said, I feel safe in saying you just can't take any and everything out of that White House when you're leaving, when your term is up. You just can't. You just can't. Just can't. All right. Let's go get it. And this is going to be an update of some sort. Um or a continuation, I should, I should say. Now, uh, I, several months ago, I, I gave you a story about what was happening down in Edgecombe County as far as uh, this particular story was about uh, how they were, uh, of course, struggling. That, that part, this part of North Carolina, eastern part of North Carolina, uh, it, it has been struggling for decades. Uh, of course, it, it was at one point in time an agri agricultural community and then it went to textile and if you know anything about that agricultural part when they came through uh, with, with tobacco and and, and th these uh private entities were suing tobacco makers saying that it was harmful for the public as a whole it was a, a health crisis you know with cigarette smoking uh the tobacco industry farmers it, it took a hard blow because they were getting sued a lot of those cigarette makers, they had to fold. So that, that there went that agricultural part of this part of eastern North Carolina, Edgecombe County to be exact. And then there was the textile. Uh, the textile in industry manufacturing took a hard hit because later part of the 90s, uh, politicians uh, somehow, some way got together and they decided to move all of those jobs over to different countries. So a lot of folks lost their jobs. 
but more specifically and, and more recently in in this part of North Carolina, Edgecombe County, which, by the way, has the highest unemployment rates in the state, along with education access also. And if you're wondering where Edgecombe County is, it's in uh, it's that part of North Carolina, Tarboro, Pine Tops, Princeville, just to name a few of the counties and towns, uh, towns in this area. And, and like I said, this goes back decades with this unemployment and, and they're having problems with maintaining uh, just the citizens having in, gainful employment. It goes back decades. And now it has come to a head. Um, back in December, and, and this is where this, this is article is really talking about how it, it has affected uh, this part of North Carolina. If you know, it's such a small rural area. And back in December, there was a QVC fire at a manufacturing plant back there. Uh, there. Now, if you know QVC, QVC is where, you know, you got those infomercials where you order all these goods, you know, your purses, your clothes, your belts, jewelry, whatever, what have you. We all know about QVC. That QVC fire destroyed that entire plant back in December. And along with that, uh, plant being destroyed, 1,500 jobs were lost. 1,500 plus, to be specific, were lost. And then um, after all of that, there was a hopeful promise. And like I said, I talked to you guys months ago about Triangle Tires out of China. Now, that was the company that was supposed to uh, build its U.S. headquarters in Kingsboro down there in Edgecombe County. But that was thwarted <laughs> by... Um, President Trump and his uh, economic imposed sanctions on China said, hey, we want China. They can't just come in here and, and, and build these plants and get all these tax breaks. We want them to pay their fair share in taxes also. So that plant back in May, it, it rescinded its offer and it has left that plant and that land just sitting there. Like I said, Edgecombe County has the highest unemployment rates in the state at 8%. Now, but there is a light at the end of the tunnel, if I could say that. There is some hope. And, and as many as even left county commissioners there and the regular citizens there praying and, and just hoping that somebody comes along because they have four other companies that have expressed interest in the land and, you know, uh, building plants there in the county. Now, one of which is electrical battery making uh, company, electrical uh, batteries for cars, you know, that Green New Deal. And, and that would bring 1,500 plus jobs also to the area. So there's light at the end of the tunnel for this struggling county and, and, and the citizens. It, it really makes you stop and think um, that small area that was already, like I said, under uh, so much duress for decades when that QVC fire happened back in, in December of last year, it, it, it all but took them out. They lost 1,500 jobs. And I can remember that oh so well. I remember when I heard it and then, you know, it was on the news and I saw the pictures. I saw the video footage and I was like, wow, that's a lot. That's a lot. 1,500 people without jobs. And that added to the other uh, citizens there also. Uh, like I said, that part of North Carolina, that well, this whole eastern region of North Carolina, it's an agriculture and tech. It, at one point in time, it was an agriculture and textile community. It just was. That was their their jobs. That was how they flourished. That was how they were able to maintain, and they were maintaining for uh, 
quite well until all of this new uh, way of thinking and living and, and whatever, what have you came along. Because like I said, with that agricultural part, with that tobacco, when, when, when those big tobacco companies were getting sued and had to pay those lawsuits out, it, they had to fold. There was no way for them. And then we all know came along the new uh, way of thinking, you know, cigarettes are bad for you. They're harmful. They they hurt your health. They they destroy you. They kill you. And so there went those jobs. And and then the, um, the textile industry, that was hit hard. That was the last at that point in time. And like I said, it, it was it just it wasn't just here in North Carolina. This happened throughout the United States with the agricultural side for tobacco farmers and the textile side for manufacturers for regular citizens that had jobs. That just totally destroyed a lot of counties here in North Carolina and throughout the United States. Those jobs were sent overseas. There was a lot of hell raising and people were up in arms and they were saying, hey, what about us? What are we, what are we supposed to do? And I got to be honest with you, those politicians, Democrats and Republicans, they did absolutely nothing. They just walked away, threw their hands up. I guess they pretty much said to them, you'll make it how you make it. <laughs> Not laughing, but that's essentially what happened. They just left about there. So now decades later, they're, they're, they're hoping and praying for something new. And, you know, also the uh, President Biden uh, sometime last week or this week came out and said, you know, before he signed that uh, infrastructure uh, inflation bill, he said that uh, pretty much since he took office, there has been a job creation of 10 million. Thanks to his, uh, it, uh, I guess, part of thanks to his Green New Deal. But some are saying, no, nah, that's not actually true because yada, 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 whatever, what have you. But there is hope. There is light at the end of the tunnel, looks like. And, and many are saying, yeah, if you could bring those jobs in with that Green New Deal, we'll take it. Uh, folks are struggling. They just are. That part of North Carolina, like I said, it's been struggling for decades. And I can remember uh, when it started. I, I, I really do. Because uh, I I was in the Navy at the time, but I was stationed in Virginia, and, and I can remember hearing, uh, you know, as we know, Virginia is a part of that was a part of that agricultural boom in the South, also with tobacco farmers and, and even with the textile, with the cotton and other material, just like in North Carolina, when all of that was uh, being snatched away, there were a lot of people out there in those rural areas of the state of Virginia, North Carolina, South Carolina. Georgia, Alabama, run the list of the South that were all saying, hey, what about us? And those politicians, like I said, they just walked away. They had made deals. And don't you dare think it was a certain political party because it was Democrats and Republicans. Nobody did anything to help these people. But they're trying to pull themselves up by the bootstraps. Uh, certainly hope they get some help. Because if you know anything uh, about economics and how it trickles down, <laughs> no pun intended, how it trickles trickles down to common folks when there's no jobs in a certain part, uh, a, a certain area, uh, crime rises. It just does. And in addition to uh, this unemployment rate in this area, uh, 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 a township or so over Rocky Mount, they've got a lot of crime now. They got some problems. There's no jobs there. 
there's nothing for anyone to look forward to to get up and, and get going and get moving day to day. There's nothing there. Retail. Um, I work retail and I'm not bashing it, but retail really doesn't. Uh, it, it pays, but it doesn't pay like uh, that agricultural side and that manufacturing side when you manufacture your your, your uh, agricultural goods and, and, and textile. Just doesn't pay like that. A lot of families were left struggling and they've been left struggling for decades. So they're hoping and praying that these four new plants or at least one of them. And there's a lot of land down there, a lot of land land. And they're hoping that these these new companies can come in and and get the economy rolling for this part of North Carolina. It is much needed. It just is. It just is. Um, Like I said, that that triangle tires that had expressed concern and they were coming. But when those sanctions were placed on by the Trump administration, they said, no, thank you. They backed out of the deal and they gave them the land back back in May. So that land's been sitting there, um, not just since May, but it's been sitting there for years. There's nothing there. Prime real estate is cheap. Uh, I think the, 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 Elected officials of this part of this county, they're they're hoping and praying, and they're they're man, they're hoping and praying, and they're making that land offer pretty cheap. So it looks like there will be somebody coming, hopefully, to build those electric car batteries, part of that green new deal and job creation. We'll see what happens. We will see what happens with that. Um, Certainly something to sit down and think about. It puts things in perspective for you. You know, I'm guilty of this too. I walk around and gripe about my job, but I'll rather have something than nothing because I've been down that road too and you don't have anything. It could take a toll on you. And these folks down there in in, in Edgecombe County, they are indeed struggling. They're hoping and praying, hoping and praying. Let's, Let's hope they get something there. I'm getting ready to get out of here. I'm going to make this short and sweet. Like I said, I'm off today. I'm going to relax. Probably watch me a little preseason football because there are some more games coming on. And we'll see. Hey, I'm going to watch some. I'm going to finally relax. I got me a weekend off. Man, this is the second weekend off in a row. I don't know how to take it. I don't know what to do. (laughs) I'm usually up and, and trying to get myself together to go to work. So we'll see what happens with this. I hope everyone enjoys their Sunday relaxation. Like I said, the heat is back here in North Carolina, but uh, it still feels good. It still feels good. Uh, Last night, I did have a chance to get out and about. Uh, I tried for the first time, uh, and I had heard about it in Raleigh and in other areas, and they're going to build one, I believe, in Selma, North Carolina, this food hall you know, where there's different multiple uh, restaurants in one big space. So I had the opportunity to try that last night. Had some pretty good eats from this uh, Italian restaurant called Marco's. And it was some good eats, I got to say. I got to say. But also what was happening down uh, at downtown Durham at Central Park, more specific, I had totally forgot. It slipped my mind was uh, Black August in the Park. That celebration. Had a good time. Uh, like I said before, and like I always say, after being tied down for almost three years now, it certainly is good to get out and just fellowship with different people and just walk around and be entertained and feel free without a, uh, still have a face mask. I did. I just did. 
because hey, uh, those COVID numbers, uh, you never know which way those things are going to turn. You just don't. You just don't. But I got out and about last night and I got to say it felt good. It was relaxing. Now, the night, the air, even though it was kind of humid. But once again, this is the South. This is summer. Just is. Just is. So it felt good. Uh, Like I said, I forgot. I completely forgot about it. I can't believe I forgot about it. But I still had a good time. I got there in time, and I believe today they're going to have uh, the Black Farmers Market there. Uh, certainly some good eats. I may go out there a little later on. Uh, fresh fruit and vegetables. I need more of it in my life. I don't know about you, but I do. I do. So, hey, I'll be out there. I will be out there. Well, that's all for me today, and I want to thank you all for lending me your ears this morning. Continue to like, support, share, offer Offer feedback. Anchor has a great feature where you can leave a voice response. And I would love to hear your voice. So offer feedback. I won't fight, not at all. You can also make monetary contributions. Continue to follow and listen on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Verbal, and WordPress. And as always, hit that like and subscribe button wherever you are streaming so you can get these podcasts when I drop them and keep you in the loop. And as always, thank you for listening. This is Stephen Carnegie for This Is Just a Thought. Amen.